This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 680, brought to you by listeners just like you.
welcome to iFanboy Pig of the Week, episode 680. I am Ryan Haupt, and I am here with Joshua Flanagan. Oh, God, there's another person. Thank God. I'm here to help. <laughs> Backup has arrived. <laughs> and you know how hard it is now- to talk for an hour straight? I had to... Uh, I had to- it was. I was at the end. I was all hor. No, I like it. It's fun. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't believe you for a second. But it was hard. <laughs> you might have not been happy about it by the end. But I, I don't believe yeah. the the fundamental that's, premise there. That's true. That's true. Um, it's physically well, difficult. I can say we because now there's two of us. Yeah. Uh, R.I. Fanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, and if we have time, maybe some listener mail. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's also going to be spoiler-filled, and we have a lot of books this week that uh, you may not want spoiled. So if that's a thing you worry about, you know, pause the show, go read your books, come back. Otherwise, just enjoy it. It's going to be fine. Studies have shown that if you know what's going to happen in the in the thing you're consuming, you actually enjoy it more, not Is less. Is that true? That is true. So the, so you're telling me that those trailers do, aren't jerkwad devices? The movie I mean, they are, but that's because they're actively trying to manipulate you. Okay. As opposed to just knowing what the story is. Because the human we like a puzzle. So if you know what the answer is, you can figure out the puzzle as you read it. And that's okay. fun for us. That's fun for our monkey brains. Okay. Anyway. Fact, man. That's why we have you here. It wasn't a fact. It was a study that suggested as such. But anyway, this week you had to pick, and whatever you picked is a fact. Well, see, the thing is, because I will defer to you on these things, I'll just go, okay, I believe you could tell me anything, and I'm going to be like, well, he knows what he's talking about. Um, but I'm not, not going to lie to you, Josh. I, 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 I do trust you in that response, that sense, too. Pick of the week this week is Action Comics 1010, and here you go. I'm going to tell you exactly why. It was fun. It was, you know, there was, it was, there was nothing brilliant about it. Uh, I, I, basically, what you have is a story here of uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane on an undercover mission, and he's dressed as Chaz, and she's Wendy, and he, they, I don't know, but they kept saying Chaz over and over again, and the more they did it, the more I laughed, and then they got to the point where he changed into Superman, but he kept the Chaz stuff on his head, and I was like, hell yes. This is a job for Super Chaz. Do you think Clark is good at accents, or is he pretty pretty bad? I just, I think he's not great at it. Yeah, I think so too. He's from Kansas. Yeah, I just not think that people he's... from Kansas can't be good at accents. I just I don't think Clark's that guy. Uh, yeah, no, I, and I think he's kind of stiff. He's very good at being himself. He's super comfortable in his own skin, so therefore being somebody else is difficult for him. Unlike our friend uh, Bruce Wayne and Matches Malone, oh, like yeah. you know, he he doesn't really want to be himself, so he can do a different thing. Have you noticed? I do a lot of voices. Anyway, Superman. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I like just the, the, I don't know where this came from. I don't actually understand. I didn't read a lot of the spiral stuff. I kind of get it. Um, there were sort it has of a hit. checkmate vibe. Yeah. There. Well, at the beginning there was the checkmate roll call mm-hmm. at the beginning. And, and, you know, they, they said on the left side of the title page, it says DC comics proudly presents checkmate in the nemesis of my nemesis, my nemesis, which is great. Uh, and then, like, there's the little down the side is Mr. Holt, uh, you know, Michael Holt, Mr. Terrific is the White King, Amanda Waller is the White Queen. It's Dr. Holt. Yeah, well, it says Mr. here. He's Mr. Terrific, though. That's true. That's, that's true. He's, that's one, of those, he's one of those PhD characters who insists on going by Mr., like Reed yeah. Richards. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, so there's a little checkmate thing there and then spirals along the other side. And it's all also because, uh, Steve Epting's drawing it. It's kind of got a seventies vibe, uh, going on. And I don't know, like for, I don't know, I don't know exactly how we got here with all of this. I I know that there's sort of been in the background the whole time, but I, I like that. I just felt like I had picked up 
a random, I don't know if you had this experience, but when I was a kid, I would get piles of comic books. I don't know from where, like some, like my mom would be dating some dude and then they just give me a box of random comic books from the, you know, seventies and early eighties. And I would just read them. And that's what this felt like to me. Uh, kind of a wacky, uh, spy undercover story, but you know, it's, it's Superman in the middle there and they're, they're trying to hunt down Leviathan and see what it is. And there's no answers and, and, but also at the same time, it's just silly enough that I, 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 I give Bendis the credit for, for knowing that this is funny to have him in a beard and a fuzzy hair and in a, it's not a members only jacket, but I'm thinking that it's like one. Have you been reading these at all? I have. I think I like the, I think I'm the opposite of Connor where I'm liking the Superman book a bit more, Uh huh. Um, but it's a game of inches and this is also, yeah, this is very fun. I, I just, I haven't quite grabbed on to the Leviathan storyline. I can see why it's very, I, and I, I don't know that I have either, but I've liked the things surrounding it. I like, I don't know, I don't know who DEO director Bones is, but I really like when he's on screen. Uh, I remember him from like the Checkmate Outsiders when um, like Rucka and Judd Winnick were doing all those uh-huh. books. He was a big player in those, but I don't really know much about him as a yep. character. Uh, but he was dropping a lot of Adam Strange hints, and I know how you feel about that guy. I do. This is a lot of things here that are fun. Um, you know, and, and, and Clark and Lois are being, you know, sort of flirty with each other as they, this is, this is like their, their little bondage date, you know, they're like, Ooh, it's our little secret. It's, <laughs> it's just kind of, it, it's, it's a lot of weird, funny things. And as I, I kept reading it, I kept turning the page and I was like, this is great. Like, I don't know where, where anybody stands. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he, he put his Superman outfit on, but kept his, his mask on. It, it, it and it was like, it's. It's just comics, man. It was it was like good old fashioned comics to me. Um, and, and there's probably things that are wrong with this and things that aren't great about it. But at the end of the day, I read comics I like this week. This is the literally the only one that I was like, that's my pick of the week. When I was reading it, I had that thought. But as you're telling by listening to this, I don't really have a good reason for it. But I was sure of it, which doesn't happen a lot. That's nice. Yeah, it must be it must be nice to have a moment where you don't have to completely self examine every little thought in your head. I mean, it's rare. <laughs> speaking of speaking from one friend to another you know this is i'm letting you behind the curtain here a little yeah. too so um yeah i get that yeah and and uh, it, it really was a thing where you know the first shot of them is is sort of they're they're flying down from you know uh, in london and and you know lois is like i'm peter panning and he's like well i'm the one yeah yeah i want like like clark is to be a little bit of a square compared to lois and i thought oh this is kind of fun and then, yeah, at the moment that uh, he pulls off his his uh, his clothes and, and goes into Superman, you know, and that dude, their contact, the the guy with the headdress and the gun, uh, sort of his eyes wide open. He's like, "Oh my God, Chaz was Superman the entire time." And I just <laughs> thought, "Well, that's the one. That's because it wasn't like trying to be cute. It wasn't trying to be clever. It wasn't like trying to impress me. It just was what it was." Um, and I think Steve Epting was exactly the right artist for that kind of thing. Um, so I that's, think a, uh, an old bookstore, a laptop, a bottle of whiskey and a gun is also my ideal work environment. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also he's got some extra weapons as well. Uh, and a bag of money. So that's all I need. <laughs> yep. So I'm, I'm cool with all this. Uh, that's, that's really all there was to it. I, I, I had fun. And, and Steve Epting is also, he just, he's drawn those shorts. He is not. He's ignoring. Are they officially back now? Has the style guide been updated? You know what? I don't pay attention to that. And Connor's the guy who who keeps tabs on that. Basically, I notice when something's wrong, 
And if it's not, then I'm fine because this this Superman outfit just uh, it it I look at it I go oh that's Superman. Yep. So I don't notice that it's correct because it's correct. I notice when things are not correct. If he was flying around with no shorts on, then I would be like, oh, that's weird. But I might not know why. But yeah, no, this is just straight up Superman. Uh, the outfit, which is which is like the belt is the same. There's there's no extras. His his cuff on his sleeve has a little pointy to it. I noticed that. Yep. yep. Which is a, a little holdover from the armor thing. I'll let him have it. The boots yeah. look good, but I'm trying to see if there's anywhere where they actually showed the boots. And he basically kept them in. This is one of those things where I see the Superman boots and the artist, and I just think, I bet he's just uh, obfuscating them because he's not sure what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know how well, they want There might also be some, co- some colorist decisions happening there. No. I, well, maybe, but I, I tend to think the colorists don't go in with the inks like that. I feel like the the black is is the domain of the of the penciler. Actually, is there there's an inker on this, isn't there? Nope, no, there isn't. I don't know. I like the colors. I like Brad Anderson's uh blue and red choices. I feel like mm-hmm. there must be a like this is the color that the blue has to be, at least in in ideal light. Cuz it looks yeah, right. Yeah, cuz it's it's a little lighter. It's a little it's closer to Robin's egg than I think a lot of people tend to yes. portray it as. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent point. It's a good comic book. It was fun. I have I have no complaints about it at all. And uh, I think, I think it, this it, Bendis guy, I think he's all right. I think it's great. I I've I've had it's it's been he's been the Superman guy for me. And I and I the only thing that bums me out is that I don't think that that's like uh, um everyone. I I think that people are like yeah, I guess it's okay. And for some reason I'm you know Connor and I are just enjoying the heck out of it. But as I've said many times, there's <laughs> we, you should not be catering to us. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm you know I'm a little younger than you guys, and mm-hmm. issue to seven of Superman was my pick of the week when Connor passed me the baton. So yeah, right there with you guys. Yeah, well, you've 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 been brought up in our system. True, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the farm team, definitely. <laughs> so I don't know that you're unbiased, but uh, I mean, we all came up in it together. To be fair, uh, so. <sighs> I think it's probably better that you are here instead of Connor to discuss with some objectivism Heroes in Crisis number eight. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, I'm more objective than Connor. You weren't texting me about <coughs> breaking electronic devices, so. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Uh, there was. Yeah, okay, so. Uh, all right. Uh, we, we've been back and forth on Heroes in Crisis this whole time in, in terms of it's interesting, not really loving it as it fits in the context of these characters in the DC universe. Um, But accepting that this is canon, what we've had here is a situation where, not unlike McNulty in The Wire Season 5, Wally West done fucked up and then made it much worse. And I think it's difficult to accept. I also... I don't know. I I might have to go back and read this all as a single chunk. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm a little confused why this is the penultimate issue, because it feels like I finally get sort of what this series has been about this whole time. But like I now am one I'm now having a hard time to remember what are the seven issues that got us to this point and why weren't we here sooner? And how can you wrap up something this momentous in a single issue? Uh, It's a good question, because I feel like there are. It's definitely the kind of thing I bet that there are clues and stuff that were all dropped, but I wouldn't do that until after you read the next issue. I don't think that it will help you enjoy the next issue. I think if you read through all of it and it's resolved in some way that's satisfactory, then you go back through and you're like, 
oh, I, I'm cool. I. So do we want to spoil? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you have to. So if you haven't read it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, how would how would you explain this? Um, Wally was living at Sanctuary. He wanted he wanted to figure out what the data they were hiding was, so he used his super speed to piece back the broken down bits of destroyed data that that Sanctuary says they don't keep. And then in doing so, he learned everything that was happening and somehow let loose the speed force and killed all the people who were at Sanctuary and then went forward in time to kill himself and bring his own body back in time to give himself a few days to fix it and made both Harley and Booster think that they were the ones who had accidentally killed him or killed everyone, I think. <sighs> Struggling. Yeah, no, I, I I think that it's better than I would have done just right away. Um, and the the problem with this is is obviously that for many longtime readers, they would say, Wally wouldn't do that. I'm inclined to agree with them. Go I on. did like I did like the whole idea that because he's worked with Barry for so long, he can fake a crime scene that would fool even sure. Barry and Batman. I think That's logically fun, all those That's things. That's a fun idea. Yes, it is. Um, I, I also I mean, also the acceptable answer is that he's all messed up since he came back because he's got a memory of his family that doesn't exist and didn't exist or whichever. And that has been a problem for him. Yeah, I guess why he was in there in the first place. My fear was that this series was going to bring the family back. And I'm and I just don't know that there are stories there that I'm interested in for Wally, for yes. me and my relationship with this character. Um, and so this this idea that he accidentally killed a bunch of people is definitely the not a twist I was expecting. And so I can't tell if I like this better or not as better than him than the kids coming back well okay let's let's accept the fact that he made a mistake and it resulted in a bad thing okay i can work with that i don't necessarily want to read it but i can accept it second part of that being that he tried to fix it which i kind of get but kills himself i don't buy that and then uh thirdly the thing that he does to booster and harley seems wildly out of character to me now the one extenuating factor that i'm going to go with here is that this is not the last issue and i think there's a really good chance uh that there's a lot of red herring going on here i think or maybe i'm just telling myself that yeah yeah there you go he's a big fish in a suit that's red you know like I was surprised by how little I missed Clayman for Mitch Garrett stepping in. Well, yeah. Well, so now that's another very interesting flashback here. Mitch drawing this. Uh, Mitch is a big fan of Wally West. Hmm. Mitch's kid is named Jai for Wally West. Uh, and I, I don't think I'm talking out of school. I think that that's public knowledge. Um, so it seems an odd mix if this is going to be the 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 story that destroys Wally West and I feel like Tom King is savvy enough to know what he's doing right now and people are acting like he's really destroying everything and blowing it but 
I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because I know that he's self-aware enough to know exactly what he's doing. Oh, so you weren't one of the people he had to report on Twitter for threats? No, not at all. And yeah. I, I believe those people are not savvy enough to be able to recognize patterns in comic books. And, and you know, I don't know. that. Or, yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's also like classic showmanship to do this in your second to last issue. Yep. And, and you know, we just read... Uh, uh, the, his his Mister Miracle, you know, s- like what is may not be, what may what mm-hmm. it may seem, you know, like there's a lot of clues that if you take everything on face value, that's one thing, but the show ain't over. And if this was his next big thing, you know, like his next sort of planned project, here's my, you know, he's done a bunch of these in a row. You've got the Vision, and you had uh, the Sheriff of Babylon, and you had Mr. Miracle, and you have, this is his, his, you know, big foray into this. Oh, and the the Catwoman wedding. I don't know. I, I just don't think it's that thoughtless. I don't think it could be. But we won't know until the end of the next one. Now, it might not be good. might not be something you like, but I don't think that it's going to be as detrimental as this seems. But that's just... Yeah, I think, I think that's a very fair interpretation of what's yeah. happening. You're right, though. It looked real good. Um, I didn't miss Clayman in 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 the least. I think uh, Mitch Garrett's with assists on a few pages from Travis Moore. Uh, Mitch doing all the colors, like it. It looked good. It was consistent, but it was his own thing. Uh, I yeah, I think it's it's going to be easy. To, it's it's really easy to make your judgment now, but I don't think you, I don't think we're ca- we're capable of doing that until we read it. That's my With measured you. my measured response. Are you uh, you're you're into the wild storm? Yes. Oh, I am loving this book right? so much. <laughs> it's gotten better every single issue. I remember when the first issue came out of this. Uh, Ron and Connor read it with me. Both of them, Connor, Ron, still on the show, and they were both like, "Yeah." And I was like, "I think this might be good," but it's so metered. Like it, it's it's two oh, issues ago, man. I was like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> I just it is so ballsy for a creator like Warren Ellis to take one of my favorite creations of his and just say, yeah, I'm just going to do that again. But as a comic of this modern era, instead of the modern era that I basically ushered in by doing the book in the first place. Yeah. Like that's, that is a, that is a big dick energy and, um, and he is pulling it off and I am here for it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was looking at the pages in this, um, and sort of the, the, basically the authority gets together in this, uh, in its entirety, and and you know we had uh, the four missing of... Swift. I noticed we're missing. Well, so he kind of has combined Swift and the Doctor into one character. Yes, um, I think Swift is the one who doesn't really like in She's retros- a hot girl. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, though, I don't know that she really has a place or is all that terribly memorable because I hadn't even noticed that. Um, combined all the sort of those primary characters with Apollo and Midnighter, and then all the Io and Skywatch people pop out of the sky. Um, I think I, I, I get some of those mixed up. It doesn't matter. Big fight. But I noticed what a extreme difference uh, the art of uh, John Davis Hunt is compared to Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. Like there's things where it just feels like it doesn't look like a major scale thing. It feels totally toned down in a way like his character work is so small and his line work is is so different than what Brian Hitch did. It's a complete and 180 degree visual contrast to what we've seen from these characters before. And it, it just looks quaint in some places, but I, I feel like that's the point. Uh, you know, there was, there was one when the, the, the page, when all the ships show up and there's the big thing. And then, you know, Apollo crashes through one of them was cool. 
Uh, but you know, there's also this sort of old timey flying saucers there, which they've seen yeah, in earlier part. Yeah, it's just like we're recognizing. Yes, this is now sillier in this context. The, the flying saucers the feels same. very planetary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just I don't. Uh, it's the only. Th- this shouldn't bother me. <laughs> a lot of the. A lot of. The, I'm gonna. This shouldn't bother me. He said before an absurd statement. Um, a lot of the characters. Even though they are very similar to, to how they were in the authority, they have different color hair, and I can't get over it. I understand that because I you're want looking Apollo for. To be, I want Apollo to have white hair. Yeah. Um, I don't. I you know Midnighter. Uh, his hair would change a lot because uh, I guess he was dying it. You know, Jenny well, we Sparks never, was. We never was saw it. We did, I think, in the stuff after right. Ellis left the book, but, but yeah, not initially. earlier before that. Exactly. Um, it's really mostly just it's Apollo and Jack Hawksmore. I, for whatever yeah. reason, I don't like shaggy-haired Jack Hawksmore, and I don't like brunette Apollo. I don't think I mind either of those things. The only thing that's harder for me is that the visual signifiers that I look for to tell who is who are not the same, which makes it harder. I think. Yeah. For me to well, follow. Well, Jack Hawksmore is also just one of my favorite. Yeah, one of my favorite characters of that era, and and all of comics really. I think it's just a brilliant idea, well executed throughout. So yeah, and I like this version of him. I don't think it it it's it's different, and it, it changes. He's not as it. cocksure. As yeah, I I really like that, cocksure. but I, you know, I like the fact that he's actually completely useless in this one. Because mm-hmm, they don't, they're not in a city. There's no city infrastructure. I have nothing to work with here. <laughs> I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just gonna start throwing up black sludge until you put me back where I belong. And I, 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 it was fun. I liked it. I bet, I bet you know some New Yorkers that that would happen to if they tried to leave. Oh, no. It, it turns out they don't think that's going to happen. But as soon as they get out in the real air, they're like, wait a minute, what is this? And I was like, this is air that doesn't smell like human vomit. Ah, so you see, so the spell can be broken. I think so. Like, if you can get them out. But I don't know. It depends on how deep Queens you're from. <laughs> um, I am loving Fantastic Four. And I know yeah. we've we've talked about Dan Slott and his relative merits to a reader such as myself, but I I've really been totally I dropped off the Iron Man book he was doing because eventually I was like that's enough, but you know this is I worry that this is sort of the end of a big doom arc and you know the doom arc is that he captures Galactus to harness his energy and then he puts the Fantastic Four you know in these torture chambers and it's super classic and it goes completely against the Doctor Doom that we've been living with for five years but who cares it was it was super classic and I worry that the next arc could never live up to this because it was we've, this is us still getting the family back together big Doom fight Galactus is there and I was like alright this is, this is what we need um, it'll be really interesting to see what he brings next I think yeah, I think my only issue with this, and I've, I've said it every time I've come on, this book seems to be the book that is always on the rundown whenever I'm on the show. I feel like I've mm-hmm. talked about the last four or five issues. And I just, I never really thought the stuff with the kids was working. I know they used it as a demon-based deus ex machina in this issue, but I I don't know. It's the sort of thing where it's like either just incorporate the kids as part of the team because they're crazy powerful or figure out a way to get them completely off the board. Because mm-hmm. to have them sidelined and to know that they're being sidelined and to know and for them to be aware that that's pointless just gets on my nerves a little bit i can i think that's completely valid and i i may have overlooked it because i was just i really was only thinking about the pages with the fantastic four and dr doom you know uh but i think you're not wrong what's interesting is this book you know this issue ends with an, the end and so i guess the next issue is going to be the war of the realms tie-in but it's interesting to not to legitimately not know what the next arc is going to be because i feel like so often comics they're dropping hints or the last thing, you know, the last panel is the next threat or that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice just to like put a bow on it. 
You know, I think you're right. And and I think because there has been so little recent history with these characters, like, I, I just have no idea. So maybe he'll keep doing stories like this. Maybe the next one will be the Mole Man or something equivalent. You know, we'll just do some Fantastic Four stuff, which I'm fine. I, I really did like the, the you know, Doom has everybody in their own traps, you know, and, and they all, you know, the... It's sort of a classic, like, they all learn from each other. Here's what we did. You know, it's not, we are a family, you know, and it's totally cliched, but it worked. Right. Like, Doom Doom just didn't anticipate that Johnny would be good at a thing that he thought Sue would be good at. Right. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and that basically you could just run that clockwise or counterclockwise through the whole team. So there's each one of them has their little character moment where they're able to incorporate a lesson that someone else in the family had taught them. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing because Doom doesn't have a family. That's the one thing he couldn't see coming. And then, and then I liked the bit where uh, Galactus took off, and Doom can't understand why he wouldn't exact his revenge. He's like, he's he gave his word, he swore an oath. That's his thing. He's gonna he's gonna live up to it, no matter how much he hungers. Which I thought was good. Yep. You're 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 a man of science. We've talked about this a lot, uh, almost to the point of flogging it, so that I'm guessing no one wants to hear it. But I did think of that when I added Skyward number 12 to the rundown. I have been reading this series since it began, and I love it. I think it's a delight, and I recommend it to people all the time. That's great. It it really is a... It's sort of my my favorite kind of, of science fiction uh, in that sense. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the idea that the gravity field just goes away is is absurd, but if you just accept that, then everything else that happens in here uh, may not be what would actually happen, but at least there are reasons for it. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, if, if gravity stopped working, you wouldn't just be bouncing along the surface of the Earth. We would all just be instantly out in space as the Earth continued its orbit around the sun. Point. Or would we? Because actually, Earth would probably get flung off into deep space away from the sun, just like a, uh, you know, Olympian throwing that thing, the ball at the end of the chain. Uh-huh. When you let go of a thing in orbit, it goes yeah. straight outward. <laughs> so um, so we, we would all just be instantly rocketed into space or smashed by the Earth itself if you were on the, the you know, ro- the orbiting side of it. So it's all it's all absurd, but it's one of those things where, like, I think there's no way this hasn't come up on the show before, but good science fiction, you take one thing and break it or tweak it or, yeah. or mess it up in a way that generates the story from there. Yeah, um, and, th- so- and this is the Back to the Future rule. Like, if you, if you look at it too close, it doesn't work, so don't do that. Yeah, just have fun with it. Yeah. It's a cool coming of age. It's a coming of age story. We're learning about this new world that exists based on this one major thing about our society changing. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. The art's gorgeous. I, It's interesting. I read the back matter in the last issue and the author admitted that uh, bringing the mother back was never part of the plan. And so this is very openly a retcon. But, you know, he just said like, once I realized that this was the way I could propel the story forward, it was the only thing that made sense. And so this it's was not a, great a retcon to... if they didn't tell us that, though. Yeah, I guess it was a retcon in that it was never the plan. That's right. true. You're right. I mean, we never saw the body, and that's the rule. Yeah, that's that's the way that I took it. My only problem with this uh, is that um, the wife doesn't age in any way. And she that... has a few more lines on her face, but she's Maybe. still a very beautiful woman for it having been. 10 years. Yeah, and and um Lee Garbett uh I think is a great artist, but also because he draws kind of sketchy to begin with, I don't think those lines were super clear to me and it was a little difficult to tell the difference between her and her daughter in this. 
Yeah. I think that like there needs to be more visual distinction. Their hair is a little different. Their skin is a little different, but they're very similar looking. Um, and I think that that was a problem. There needs to be more differentiation between those people. Uh, when you don't have superhero costumes to rely on, you really have to go out of your way, you know, to, to you know, here's blonde white guy. Here's, you know, whatever. Like, you you have to show me who we're talking. So it was a little, like, I, I tried to ignore it, but I kept thinking about it. Um, I was like, wait, who are we looking at? Okay, no, that's still the mom. And then the mom goes and see the daughter. I was like, they look exactly the same. Um that's all I had. Like the, the, the sort of, there's a, there's the drawing of sort of the day that it happens again. And if I'm the artist on this book, I'm like, just give me those to draw as much as possible. You know, where you know, huge chunks of ground and trucks and cars are floating in the air and people are escaping the bit with the dog is touching and that's his actual dog, uh, which is sad. <laughs> um, the idea of the underground. That's one of my yeah. favorite parts of uh, interstellar is sort of recreating uh, Earth suburbia, and this is sort of another version of that, where they're literally up there painting clouds and things like that, and that's how they got away with it. And then the the moral question of like, do we tell people about it? This was designed for them. Do we let them in? There's a lot going on here. There's many many things, and it's it's all pretty intriguing. To me, this scratches the same itch that Why the Last Man did. Sure, yeah, I can see that. Um, it's a big world that I'm really interested in exploring with some characters that I am growing to like more and more with every issue. Mm-hmm. I think there could be a little more of of that. Like I, I think it's we're only twelve issues in, but there's definitely like I feel like I need to get to know the characters a little more. We're spending a little more time in the world explaining it. Uh, but maybe this is a chance now that we've introduced some more people, you can have them bounce off each other a little more. I think, like you, you get the daughter okay, but everybody else, you're not. I'm not sure about the 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 business guy is kind of interesting because we're not sure where he's coming from or going all the time. And uh, getting trapped in a water bubble without gravity is one of my legit actual fears in this life. So hmm. there's always a chance that's going to happen. Explain this to me. Because you can't, you can't swim out of it. You'd be stuck. Like if it's a if it's a sphere of water and you're trapped in the center, if you uh-huh. kick in any one direction, you're not going to be able to. I don't think if I understand the gravity and the physics the- right, you would just be stuck in this. The bubble would just move with you because water's kind of clingy, and you probably wouldn't be able to break the surface tension and actually get out. Yeah. And you, so if you, if you like kicked your arms and legs, like you were swimming forward, you wouldn't move within the bubble because the capillarity on the surface, I think the bubble would just move inside. with you or you wouldn't, because there's no gravity, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't actually be pushing against the bubble. So you wouldn't actually be able to move within it. Could you like, like create inertia by sort of swinging your body one direction? If it hit something and the splash would disperse it and you might, or you could yeah. grab the thing. Yeah, if you could if you could grab something, if you could grab an object, you could probably pull yourself out that way. But if you're stuck in like the center of a thing, like the center of a room, I, uh-huh. I always imagined it all happening on a space station. I never imagined it happening okay. here. And I think that is a scene in that Passengers movie with Jennifer Lawrence. And I can't remember how they solve it because that was a bad movie. Um, yeah, I, did, yeah, I wanted to see it, but I didn't because I understood that it was a bad movie. It was a bad movie, but it's a fear. It just the idea of being you know trapped in a in a thing of water, drowning mm-hmm. inches away from from rescue, just scary. I hear you. Trying to think about it. Uh, um, let's let's think about happy thoughts. Let's think about okay. support. Let's think about people uh, contributing, being part of things. Isn't it weird that when you patronize a business, you're doing them a kindness, but when you patronize a person, you're being a jerk? Well, if you thought about <laughs> that, maybe you should go check out patreon.com slash ifanboy, where you can do both. 
And um, <laughs> patreon.com slash ifanboy is where people can go and support the show directly with a monthly payment that uh, makes doing the show possible. It is, uh, as a fellow creator, it is hard to emphasize how much, um, it's, just like a, it's just like a security blanket for your creative endeavor to have that little Patreon run in the background and knowing you're getting some, uh, some money for all the work that gets put into the show. There's a stretch goal coming up it's been uh, the stretch goal for a little while so maybe we can get a push to to make it happen that in addition to the monthly non-comics media podcast uh which is part of that stretch goal we're we're gonna upload we i say we i'm not gonna help at all uh we'll upload all of the missing full-length video shows and minis to our youtube channel and re-embed them on the website that's a non-trivial task my friends um would you like to wear ifanboy on your body you can ifanboy.com or ifanboy.threadless.com where there are currently seven designs uh including is it still the best-selling nothing makes sense nothing matters i don't i don't see those numbers josh so i'm not sure if that's still the case but it is uh, the case by by a great margin so maybe you need an if one is electro so you can explain that to people and then uh walk away because the explanation will probably do very little to actually help them understand um, if you're not looking for a t-shirt that you have to explain and aren't interested in becoming a recurring patron, uh, there's always the opportunity to just give a little bit of cash via PayPal. Uh, it's very simple, very straightforward and very helpful as well. And, uh, amazon.com is a website you may have heard of. We're not talking about the river in South America. We're talking about the mega store, uh, worldwide mega store that is invading my hometown of Washington, DC. And if you want to take a little few pennies out of Jeffy Bezos's pockets, well, you can do that by going to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and everything you buy, uh, including all the books featured on these episodes and the book split episodes will go towards uh, getting a little money back to the ifanboy guys. So just a, just a few pennies they don't come out of your pocket. They come out of Jeffy Bezos's pocket and he's not paying taxes so he can afford it. <laughs> that is the case. Um, I had brought up bad luck. Chuck premiere issue at the last uh, last time one came out and I thought oh, I might read it and I, I picked it up and I, I read the second issue uh, which came out this week by uh, Leila Gwen and, and artist Matthew Dow Smith and I get a strong alias vibe from this but I like the conceit that when she's around people things go poorly and you shouldn't write the number 13 because that's really bad and sometimes people die and, and there's just this I don't know, somewhere between the writing and the artist, there's a real weight to the uh, uh, sadness that the main character feels about her lot, and she's just got to deal with it, and she, she there's a begrudging acceptance, but she's, she's not happy about it, and then she's contrasted with this other girl who is about to become super rich, but her mom wants to kill her to get the money. And, and I, I like all of those things that are going on here, even though I'm not entirely sure what the plot is. I yeah, I read the first issue and ha- and did not intend on picking up the second issue, but I, I went ahead and read it once uh, I saw that it was in the script. Mm-hmm. And I find this book completely impenetrable. I can't. I feel like I cannot tell what's going on. I honestly wonder, like, did the file get screwed up and there are pages missing or out of order? Because I just cannot follow anything that's happening. Yeah, Connor kind of said the same thing to me. And I was like, I don't know why. I think it's because when I read a new thing, I expect to hate it. And when I don't, <laughs> I'm like, well, let's see what... Let's see what we've got here. Fun um, fact, that's how Josh also handles meeting new people. That's exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I, you know what? I, I, I didn't mind it, but I don't, I can't, again, I can't disagree with what you just said. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I don't know, I, I, I can't connect it directly, but um, I, I noticed you said before we came on here that you were, you were catching up on Maneaters number eight, and I almost said, don't bother. 
Really? I like these. I like these really? sort of in-world issues. So, uh, yeah, I find them fun. How would you describe what this is? So Not the overall, couple, this issue. We've yeah, yeah, there that. were a couple issues back where they did basically the entire issue was a magazine for teen girls set in this world. And this is, um, this issue, the cover of the issue says, what's happening to me and can it be stopped? Uh, with a sad emoticon face with a, a pink bow on it. And basically this issue is an excerpt from that book that's a book that is clearly used to scare girls into um, following the the protocol of drinking the... Um, hormone-laced water to not get their periods and turn into cat monsters and kill people. So um, this may work for me because, uh, again, you know, I'm opening myself up here a little bit. I had a very similar style book uh, all about growing into Christian manhood when I was growing up, and I am really sad that I never kept a copy of it because it was bonkers. Um, I'm not saying that trying to grow into a fine Christian man is bonkers. I'm saying this book was bonkers and it is very, very reminiscent of the way this was written. I think um, Chelsea Kane's probably getting a lot of real world inspiration from the sort of things that are used to just scare the bejesus out of children into, uh, into following a very, you know, specific idea of the world. And this, this um, skewered that very well in my mind. And I think that you're not wrong about all those things. I think it was well done. I have, I understood what this was supposed to be. I don't really have a lot of experience with it. I, I have a hard time when, you know, we're eight issues in, they've already sort of done this once. Like I I really do want to just read the story. And to me, this is way too early in the run to have this kind of indulgence because I'm trying to stick with the story and it's one of many, many comic books I have. And listen, this is a place where it's creator owned. You can be experimental. You can do whatever you want, but it doesn't work for me. I tell the story it, within the story. There are all of these divergences and, 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 you know, making all these sort of points and I, and I get what they're going for. But uh, to me, like it, it, it takes away from the strength of the, of the thing of what it actually is. Um, yeah, I can see that. It, That's it's totally like, valid. I, I mean, this is not a great example. When I was reading Preacher for the first time, um, and you're 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 just flying, and you get to book when he's four. in the town. No, I was gonna say you get to book four, and it's the Saint of Killers arc, which is awesome on its own, but it just rips you right out of where you are, and for a whole trade paperback, basically. Um, and but that was twenty something issues in. Um, you know, and it wasn't even the main issues. It was it was a it was a mini series on the side. Um, but I, that's the feeling of, whoa, whoa, you know, works in the larger context of the novel. But here I feel like it's, it's too early and it's too, it's too much. I was like, I was really, I was like, what's going to happen next? And I got this issue and I was like, oh, nothing's going to happen next. We don't know. I think, I think that interpretation I agree with entirely. I mm-hmm. just still enjoyed this issue in spite of that. I agree with that criticism, but yes. I enjoyed this regardless. We have talked about Runaways an awful lot when you're on this it's show. It's so good. It is good. It is um, very good. It makes me feel so old. <laughs> yeah, I but... Dress, I don't dress like this. I don't have a man bun. <laughs> I don't even feel like that's a thing anymore, though. Is it a thing? Well, maybe maybe Chase is... Maybe they are... Maybe they're signaling that Chase is lame, but because we're yes. so old, we're like... As far as I can tell, Chase still looks like one of those cool kids I keep saying. Yeah, like, I think um, it's not cool, and if you see somebody doing it now, they're way behind. But I, I might be wrong, and I couldn't tell you one way or the other. No, uh, my hair is much closer to Gib. <laughs> two, two horns coming out. Um, 
I, the addition of Gib has been fun, and I really like the way that this was all presented with the, you know, like he can't, he, he hungers. I don't know that a Velociraptor would be that excited by a donut, but what do, I mean, we've never seen one, so maybe we would be. I mean, donuts. As far are... as we know, Velociraptors and donuts existed many millions of years apart, so maybe it was just a, a missed connection waiting to happen. I mean, it might be, but, you know, yeah, do- donuts are good, and that might be so universal we can't even comprehend how universal it is. <laughs> but they're not interdimensionally good, apparently, right. according to Gibb. Yes, Gibb is not not having it. I, what I like about this book is that it, it is not afraid to take chances with the characters that would make them unlikable. Like, it's not afraid to destroy these characters. It would be really easy to make a book where all of these people get along and things are difficult, but they face it together. Instead, you, you have a book where, like, Gert is, you don't know where the hell she is. And then you've got Victor. Uh, Victor ostensibly kills himself in this issue. Um you know, because he's having a hard time. And so, like, on the one, on the surface, it looks like it's one kind of book, but underneath it, it's all that sort of turmoil of, uh, of you know, teenage angst and adolescence and stuff. And I think... And, I think Car- and Carolina's basically screwing up at school and yep. can't can't maintain her job living in this underground bunker with her friends and her roommate hasn't... Her actual college roommate hasn't seen her in a while. And it's like, oh, man, I... I, I we all know what it's like to yeah. show up an hour late for a thing that you know you've been screwing up already. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a great feeling. Yeah, <laughs> this captures it well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I agree that um, the final scene is very heavily coded as a suicide attempt, but there's like stuff growing uh-huh. in the water. Yeah. Um. So I think even if that was what Victor's intent was, it seems clear that something different is going to happen. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. I like that. I like that we're seeing Molly grow up. Like we're, she's actually aging and it's, um, it's being done, handled well. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you there. Entirely. Princess power. Um, last week, Jason Aaron did an issue of Thor. It was all about Loki in sort of the midst of the war of the realms thing. And I thought, okay, I kind of want to see the story go on, but I know why you're doing it here, because you've got the War of the Realms. So uh, this week in Avengers, instead of getting an Avengers story in the middle of War of the Realms, we got a Squadron Supreme story. Are you a Squadron Supreme guy? Not really. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've had some experience with them. Uh, th- those of you listening at home, these are basically uh, DC analogs in the Marvel world, um, but I, I never really got a handle on them for what they're supposed to be. Um, they, they show up in different forms depending on how the writer wants to do it. Um, so I thought that this was good. It was actually really good Ed McGinnis art, too. I think he was very right for it. But at the same time, I was like, well, what, what are we doing this for? It's a whole thing going on right now. Um, that's how I felt. Yeah. And that kind of bugged me because he did it last week in Thor also. And it it's fine to do this story. Do this story somewhere. But this is the Avengers book. And on a week that uh, the you know, the largest superhero movie in the history of the world came out. I think I was like, I was hungering for some Avengers. I get that. Yeah. This felt like a, a weird left turn. Um, and I can't, I also, there's a weird Phil Coulson, Malekith, not Malekith. Um, Mephistopheles. Is that the character? Yes. Yes. Uh, Mephisto. Mephisto. So I don't know. And, and, it did it to be continued, but it's like, I don't, I don't really want to continue this story. I want to <laughs> go back to the Avengers. 
Like, make them be the Avengers in the War of the Realms. I get why that's all crossing over. That's fine. But this feels like a weird time for that left turn. And I feel like it would be scheduled enough so that that seems like a, a weird choice. Again. Agreed. Wasn't bad. But, you know, there we are. Um, We, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Let's go quickly over into Star Wars Corner. Should probably skip Star Wars Corner, but I don't want to because we have here Star Wars Galaxy Edge number, Galaxy's Edge number one, the uh, the book that is named for uh, the Disney um, parks that are going to be opening. Did not know that Edge. when I went into it. Uh-huh. Did, and um, was not happy to find out at the end that that's what this was. I, I, you get, I let that go. They've done other comic books that are based on Disney rides or attractions, I believe. Um, they've done a Pirates of the Caribbean and another one. I know there's a few of them that they did a while back. And also they're owned by Disney, so what are you going to do? Um, I know. Taken on its own, though, this was just a... Han Solo and Chewbacca Adventure is written by Ethan Sachs, uh, whom was lauded by us for doing Old Man Hawkeye and is currently doing Old Old Man Quill, um, and is uh, drawn by uh, Will Sliney of Ireland. Um, and I actually I enjoyed it well enough. This was a story of uh, smuggling some sarlaccs, big sarlaccs, baby sarlaccs. Um, you know, maybe one of those between the line stories that we didn't necessarily need to tell, but I don't consider the sarlacc to be so. Um, sacred that we can't play around with it and explore it a little more. Yeah. Um, I, I thought there were some art issues and some storytelling issues. You mm-hmm. know, the first panel with Han, his face just melted plastic. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, it's just like, it's not a good drawing and it gets better throughout the book. Um, he looks a, a little less melty, but um, I had a few storytelling issues. Like there's a scene where Chewie grabs uh, the bowcaster and it's unclear to me at least if he had the bowcaster and had just dropped it, or is this supposed to be like the moment Chewie gets his bowcaster? Um, so uh, th- yeah, I just had a few storytelling issues, a few art issues. Uh, I-, I never need to see Wookiee fingers. I don't know why they keep thinking I want to see those. Oh yeah. Look at that. Lots of Wookiee fingers. You gotta, I know what you're saying with the faces. And I-, I feel like some of them are good and some of them aren't. And I yeah. feel like in a way, these are like the most challenging of comic books to draw. It have to be, absolutely, yeah. Like, we know these faces. We know them so well, and they they can't, like, they need, like, artists need to make a decision. Like, are you going to try to make it look like that? Are you going to draw a face here and maybe, you know, th- that, you know, works as a cartoon, basically? Yeah. And I think that the line is a little, a, a little s- scratchy on some of that stuff. I, but I do like there's, there's there was a lot in here I liked about the art. I think you know some of the action scenes were were pretty well composed and it it was it was it was fun and it wasn't it wasn't whatever's going on in the main Star Wars book, which is just f- photo. So anytime they get away from that, I think I, I give it credit. Um, and I like the way that they drew the Sarlax. I thought that was fun. All right, lots of animals that are actually mobile when they're when they're larval and then yeah, set down roots. Yeah, that's 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 valid. There's science there, and that is there. Fair enough. Um, all right, so it's the top. It's the patrons. I'm gonna get angry. I know. So the, there's, there's, we're gonna, there's three way tie is what I'm getting at. Uh, Screw the you guys this week. Yeah, no shit. Um, so <laughs> the way that this is gonna work is there's going to be, uh, this is gonna be somewhat abbreviated because we can't do the full thing for each of them. Um, and also there will be a policy change. This, this, oh. is, this is officially resulted in a policy change. Uh, at iFanboy. Um, is this a Kilpatrick approved policy change or are you just a, doing this because he can't stop you? No, it's he was he presented it to me. Wow. 
Yeah. Patrick changing the Patrick changing the rules. Well, he's the only one who's allowed to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I can present ideas. It doesn't necessarily go anywhere. Uh, from now on, when there's a when there's a tie, two, three, four way, what have you, uh, a coin toss will determine what ends up being the patron pick. Uh, it's very difficult to add three extra books on top of everything else and be able to say anything about them. Um, we're going to do all ratings. three for you this week. Rating and give and give let's them go, ratings. Let's just go straight to ratings. Let's go straight to ratings. Okay. Uh, the leader for most of the week, the one that I thought was definitely going to be the uh, the the hands down champion here, was Ascender Number One, by uh, from Image Comics, story by Jeff Lemire, art by Dustin Gwynn. Um, this is a follow up to the Descender uh, miniseries, uh, which wrapped up some time ago uh, at at Image Comics. Um, did you read Descender? I did not. I, I wanted to. Um, I like those creators. I like Jeff Lemire's writing a lot. I like it. I liked it when he came on the scene. I like it even more now. And I love Dustin McGuinn's art. And I just, for whatever reason, never got that one. Well, I read one to three of them. I don't remember. It was a while ago. And I was pretty bored. Because I do like those creators, too. I got very excited about all the names involved with that. But uh, as it went, it was like a... This is going to be a very broad generalization, but it was sort of remind me of a, one of those Japanese robot comics, um, Pluto, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's like a little boy who I think was a robot. He helped fix robots. I don't know, but I got kind of bored with it and I wasn't really following. So I dropped off. Um, so when this came up, I thought, oh, OK, I guess I'll try that. There was no, no effort uh, to start this over as a new thing. Oh for, yeah, no for new holding. readers. So it was just you're in a world. There's some things that you may or may not know, but they're gonna go, um, which made it very hard for me to get a beat on it. How did you feel? Same. Yeah, there wasn't much to grab onto here, and I'm sorry. Like, I I was I was about halfway through, and I was like, oh, this has something to do with robots. Like these aren't like those kind of robots that you think might be people, but they're not. That again, that I Japanese do- comic type. Thing. I do like the sci-fi conceit of a once spacefaring people that have lost that tech and are now stuck on the planet. Like mm-hmm. that's always a cool idea, but yes. you're not going to get a, too deep into that in an issue one. So, <clears throat> and and I didn't have the deep history with the series to to get me over the hump. Yeah, so it's really difficult for me to sort of judge it in that way because I didn't really get into the first one. So on its own is the only way that I can kind of look at it. And in that way, uh, I found it sort of impenetrable. Same. It looked very nice. Um, I'm sure there's a, there's a thing. I'm I'm very much not into this. Like this kind of comic right now is really difficult for me. I just have not been enjoying. Like we've created a world. It has its own language and tropes and stuff. You know, there's there's a thousand of them. I read them all the time, and and occasionally they grab you, but a lot of times they just feel indistinguishable from one another. I mean, the fact that the, we didn't talk about it this week, but the fact that like criminal now has, you know, family trees that are as complicated as Westeros and I'm freaking sure. lost. <laughs> like if, a, if, if even a crime book is going to get this complicated on me, a, a book that's designed to be expansive and fantastical is just there's only so many fantasy realms I can keep in my head. At I think that might, that might be it. And when one hooks you and when you get into it, then great, you know, go for it. That That's totally fine. But I keep, there's there's so many new ones that it's. You know, I got The Handmaid's Tale. I got Westeros. I got, uh, you know, a dozen other comics. The Marvel Universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, it looked really nice. I, I really love seeing how Dustin Gwynn's art always looks like Dustin Gwynn's art, but it always seems to be evolving. And I am a sucker for a 
meticulously drawn panel where the background is just like a splotchy watercolor. Yeah. Not even like an image, just like a splotch of watercolor that looks really organic and free. Yeah. I love that. He's I mean, he's just, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah no, you're you're right. It's beautiful. So I, I can give it that. Uh, ratings. I'll give it a three just because I like the art so much, and I, yeah. But it's it's most of that is being shouldered by the art. I would say. Other than that, there was nothing really here for me. Yeah, I could I can do the same. I I I'm not willing to say this is bad. I just don't think it's it's like walking in, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie to me, uh, to a movie that I wouldn't have probably gone to see, even if that doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, you sticking with it? No. Nope. All right, moving on. Uh, Dick Tracy forever. Uh, from IDW, uh, written and drawn by uh, Michael Ivanoming, um, with colors by Takisoma. Um, it looked really cool. It's a great cover. The title doesn't lie for yeah. how long it feels like it takes to read. <laughs> when you're in a hurry to get on the microphone with your buddy Josh. Yeah. Con- and Connor was like, that won't take long to read. And I was like, oh, great. I, and I opened it and I was like, what are you talking about? Look at all these letters. I finished the first story and I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then turned the page. No. And there's three stories in it. I, mean, I think you're getting your money's worth on it. Um, what's your take on this? Uh, again, I, I did the Dick, the Mike Allred and family Dick Tracy book mm-hmm. um, with Connor a few weeks back on the show. And I don't have any particular fondness or nostalgia for Dick Tracy. I just, you know, it's an Allred book and it was on the rundown. So I went ahead and read it and enjoyed it fine. And this did not do anything for me i really like the art uh, i mean all, uh, largely because i was a big powers fan and and also uh, i was a big fan of darwin cook's spirit and i felt like this reminded me of those things but that was about that as far a, yeah that's a good it's a good no it's a good pull you're 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 spot on with the assessment yeah. there oh there's, there's a lot of darwin cook in this and, and, and honestly oming and and cook are almost contemporaries even though it doesn't feel like it so i don't think that it's necessarily um influenced by him directly but it gave me that same feeling so i really liked what it looked like um i again i I don't really care about dick tracy either um i i wish i did it seems like the kind of thing that i would like but every time i've read it's kind of the same thing and and i get what it is and it's it's fine i i don't know why tess puts up with this guy um i remember i'm this is my my old man stories i remember when the dick tracy movie came out and i want to say that's 89 same summer as batman i believe and I thought back then, I was like, I kind of dig what this is about. I don't know, you know, because I liked the same kind of things I do now. Uh, and I bought like a big uh, treasury of Chester Gould, um, um, Dick Tracy comics, and they looked great. And I remember thinking that back then, but I, in the end, I just don't, I kind of don't care. Um, and that's kind of where I was with this. So, ratings? Uh, this one's going to be lower for me just because I, the art was, yeah, the art was good, but I just had an even harder time caring about anything that was happening and frankly following the stories, even though they were short, I found them a little um, convoluted and confusing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm going to, I will go to, to counter that. That's actually literally how the Chester Gould comics read. Oh yeah. Yeah. It really, I feel like that's a feature, not a bug. Um, I'm going to go two and a half. Same thing. I think if you like this, you'll like it. If you don't, you won't care. And I'm, I'm a little in the middle cause I did like looking at it, but not reading it. Not that even it was bad. I just, didn't, didn't care. Um, I hate saying that on these because it feels like I'm not putting my effort, but that is the honest reaction. Uh, sticking with it, I'm guessing no. 
No. No. Okay, and finally we have Ghost Tree Number One from IDW Comics. Uh, story by Bobby Kerno, art by Simon Gain. Uh, did not know what this was. Did not have any. Uh, um, like had not heard of it. Didn't know it was. It's IDW. I had no idea about that. So I went in completely uh, blind. And this was my last thing that I read as I was rushing to get on this call with you. Um, and I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot as well. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. There's a, it's a Chinese, I think Chinese American family. Um, and there's this kid and he had a special relationship with his grandfather. And then we cut to the future and he's an adult. Uh, and he's flying back to see his grandmother 10 years after his grandfather had died. And there's uh, family stuff going on. And then there's, there's a, there's a ghost tree. There's a tree which has ghosts near that house. Um, and I could have done, even if there wasn't a sci-fi element, I would have been fine with it. I say this a lot. I don't even know if it's sci-fi. I think it's spiritual. It's definitely well, Japanese. I'll yes. tell you that much. For free. Oh, really? It's not, it's not Chinese. Why yeah. did I think that? I think I just... I don't know. Well, it's racism. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I, I you know, the, there's a little bit of, I guess, it to me, the architecture of the buildings is just like, oh, yeah, I've seen that in Usagi Yojimbo. Right. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the... The, the words that he's calling his grandfather, there's like rules in Japanese that have to do with how consonants and vowels are arranged. And it just struck me as more Japanese than Chinese. And I just looked up the words and I was right. It is okay. Japanese. Yeah. No, I, I think you are right. I also remember I read this very quickly and I did not recognize that, recognize those words. And he called one of the, he called one of the spirits a kami and I'm pretty sure that's a common oh. Japanese spirit. You're right. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. But it's I mean, Eastern, it's not, okay? it's not ex- it's not explicit if you didn't know like they, yeah. they never tell you uh things i liked about this uh very strong art i liked the uh, main character's relationship with his grandmother um i like that she's very stern and cold at first and then like they have this moment where she kind of you know softens a little bit i really like that bit god that was good it that, was that really that felt like a really authentic family dynamic that uh-huh. um you can't you can't fake that uh yeah that's totally true and yeah i think there's, there's tree that this family's ghost center around That's i think the neat. reason that i thought it was chinese because i think that it reminded me reminded me a little bit of the kind of story that um gene lun yang would do absolutely and so yeah. i might have filled in that blank that way either way uh, you're right about i thought the art was was wonderful to look at mm-hmm. um I, I don't know who any of these people are but i i wasn't bored i was paged and i got, got to the end and i swear i was in a hurry and i was late and i was like i want to know what happens next though um yeah. and i thought that was a this is this was a real treat I want to thank yes. the patrons for that. Um, ratings. I'll give this a. I'm, I'm I'm teetering between a four and a four and a half. Okay. I'll I'm, go four I'm, and a half. I'm gonna go with a four. Uh, we'll see where we go from there. First issue, not really sure yet. Um, pretty strong uh, debut. Not the thing I would expect from IDW. Um, so that also made it a nice surprise. Sticking with it. Yes, actually, I I am curious to read the next issue. As am I. I hope that I don't forget that it's there. So I will try that. <laughs> All right, we did it. See, we did it. That's that's right. not going to happen again. So I hope that you enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> we're not we're not out of the water yet. We still we still got to keep going. We're, we're, how let's see how are we doing on time. We're we're running late. We're gonna have to speed. We're gonna have to speed right now. All right, so we have our patron powers. We talked about patreoncom fanboy earlier. If you are giving a five dollar or month a more level than you, my friend, after you get through the waiting list. Uh, like trying to get on the door seven mind seven dwarves mind train it's at Disney World uh, will get a patron power first up uh, we have Mike Darginio Mike Darginio and you know what his deal is he doesn't have not. to he doesn't have to worry about recycling 
and sorting because anything he throws in a trash can will find its way to the correct recycling receptacle. Oh, that is, I actually feel less guilty. Uh-huh. You having said that. Oh, it's, that is, it's, I don't, is this, is this compost? Is this recycle? Is this paper? Is this bottle? Should I do with it? Wait, but this is paper, but it has food in it. And if I, does that, Oh God, I, I've read, I've read articles in the Washington post just to figure out what my own city's system is. Uh-huh. And I still get it wrong. And I still get I still get um, chided for it, and I still feel guilt about it. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you a, a deep dark secret, uh, everyone out there in podcast oh, land. Oh no! Um, when I'm when I'm at my in laws' house in San Francisco, where there are lots of different trash cans, and they're all spread <laughs> around different parts of the house, and I don't know which one is which, and they're not labeled, and it is not clear. I'll just put things in my pocket and wait till I'm out on the street, and just put it in a trash can on the corner. <laughs> I completely. I work. My office is in San Francisco, and I go there, and I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Every time I have to dispose of something, and it's not that I haven't thought about it, it's that I cannot crack it. And we're not unintelligent individuals, is what I'm getting at. But nope. listen, Mike has none of these problems. Mike, That's amazing. Mike knows it's going to get sorted. It's going to be fine. He's not. He's not. He's not contributing to the problem. Wow, lucky man, Mike. Uh, Faulty Rob. This is kind of a neat one. Faulty Rob. Uh, whenever I'm, can I call him Rob or do I have to go Faulty Rob? It's it's. There's no space, so I think you have to call him Faulty Rob. It, it Rusty could be, Auto Parts. It could, uh, could be Rob. ethnic. Faulty Rob. Faulty Rob. Whenever Faulty Rob does a kindness, any just like nice favor or kindness to a person, anyone, uh, they give him the exact beverage he was in the mood for at the exact right temperature. Hmm. So like, if he you know holds the door for somebody, they just say, "Hey, thanks for holding the door. Here, have an iced tea." Uh, is stops, it stops at the crosswalk for a person with a stroller trying to get across the crosswalk when nobody else was stopping? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they hand him a beer, like it's just <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's some sort of magical thing where as long as he's a kind person, uh, he is instantaneously rewarded with beverages of his choice in exactly the right temperature because that is the key. Mm-hmm. The because you don't want he, a hot coffee when you want a iced does coffee. He, does he have to take it? What if he's like, what if he's walking around Manhattan and he's like, dude, it's so hard to find a bathroom here. I just held the door for somebody back there and I, I, I've got a coffee in my one hand already. But No, I mean, be, the kindness, the kindness, empathic power expands mm-hmm. to he can just say, oh, thanks, but no thanks. And they'll be like, all right, great. Okay. They're just compelled to offer it. He doesn't have to accept it. That doesn't sound faulty at all. That sounds delightful. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good gig. Uh, Mike Blair can turn into any breed of dog that he likes for a total of 28 minutes at a time. Oh, okay. Mixed breeds or purebreds? Any kind. Any that kind seems, of dog. That's a lot. Wolves? It's just whatever's whatever's appropriate for the time. A dog's not a wolf. Mm. A wolf's not a dog, I mean. Mm. It's a different family. <laughs> that's what, listen, that my not. son my son has a, a well, family's not, I mean, you're not right the word, but isn't it like the split with like foxes are on the one side and then wolves are on the other? My kid no, has a all, National Geographic book that says that I'm right, but I don't know how exactly. All of those are within the family Canidae. Um, Family's the wrong dogs word. Are, dogs are a subspecies of wolf, and subspecies is not even a well-defined taxonomic okay. concept. So they're Canis lupus familiaris. They're just an offshoot, a genetic offshoot of wolves. Listen, but, as this power is not scientific, it doesn't matter. It has to be a dog. Okay, fair. It's so, something that right. we would classify as a dog. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm with okay. you. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to, to subvert your power. I was just Honestly, trying to understand. I I like I like learning things like this. So I'm fine with it. I, you're one of the only people in the world I'm okay with being wrong around. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, my wife and I were having a big a big uh you know the the uh 
geographic distribution of cats versus foxes because it seems like foxes have evolved just to be cats where there weren't cats already, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but he can turn into a dog for 28 minutes at a time. No more, no less. Okay. Does it is it like a poof? He's a dog or does he actually like physically morph? I'm going to go with a poof because it, if that whole grinding werewolf thing would take up too much of the 28 minutes. Does he have uh, the mind of like does he have the instincts Ooh. of the dog? He has all that stuff but he's still in possession of his conscious will. Okay. So he can he can he can choose to ignore the dog instinct. He's not like so like he does get like excited when he smells like garbage at yeah. the dog. It's like yeah, garbage. Yeah. There was like that. There was an Astro City where the the guy turned into a dog or more yes. melded with the dog. It's like that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Enjoy that one, Mike. That sounds fun. It does sound fun. Uh, Alex Traherney. I hope I'm saying that right, Alex. No, AX. Is it AX as the I, typo or is it? Alex? I'm gonna you you talk and I'm gonna tell you how it's supposed to be. Okay. Uh, they have a very simple power. They have an expandable, brightly colored neck frill and can spit toxic <laughs> poison in the face of their enemies and prey. Like that one dinosaur did to Nedry? Yep. <laughs> Which is not a real thing that dinosaur could do, but it's a real thing that Alex Terhaney can do. Okay. Well, yeah. Is that a Dimetrodon? Uh, it was Dilophosaurus. Dimetrodon Dilophosaurus. is syn- synapsid and not a dinosaur. Dimetrodon is more closely related to mammals than dinosaurs. No shit. Yeah. I just knew it started with D, but I haven't, I haven't, my kids haven't been uh, into it for a little while. Yeah, Dilophosaurus is a, is a cool Jurassic dinosaur, much bigger than in the movies. Usually the movies scale things up, but in the case of Dilophosaurus, they scaled it down. And there's, uh, there's some people that say maybe they had like toxic saliva, sort of like a uh, Komodo dragon, but there's not, not really a ton of evidence for it. And there's no evidence for a neck frill, but it is soft tissue. So it might not have preserved, but uh, Alex has it. On here, I have, I have AEX. Oh, AX. Okay. AX has it and he can just do the and the, the frill comes out. He can use it for sexual display to maybe attract a mate sure. or to, to intimidate his rivals and, and opponents or prey. Uh, and then, yeah, he can stun them with toxic spit. Well, isn't that delightful? That's so nice. Yeah. All right. So there's powers for everybody. There's patron picks for everybody. Uh, we're running really long. I think I'm going to let's let's touch on this first question real quick. And okay. then, uh, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Uh, Peter from BC, British Columbia, lovely, lovely area. I find myself loving alternative versions of superheroes a lot. Some of my favorite Batman stories, like Paul Pope's Batman Year One Hundred, Chicken's Thrill Killer, and I'm uh, loving the concept of the Spider-Man series Zdarsky's writing and how it's coming together. I think I love most. What I think I love most of all are stories that are not bugged down by so much continuity and how they're allowed to be a bit more free. So do you like them? Do you have favorites? Are there any alt-timeline stories you, you generally like better than the normal timeline stories? What do you think? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I, I like them. I like them a lot for many of the same reasons that you do. Uh, I assume that you are, the, you are with me on that. And I like that they get to have an ending, usually, whereas our main yeah. characters are, they just, the fight has to always continue. Um, I think if my favorite, and I know I've said it on the show before, so it won't surprise anybody, uh, Red Sun Superman Russian Superman with uh, Russian Batman with a fuzzy hat. Uh huh. Can't get can't get enough of it. Love that guy. <laughs> um, I've been I've been thinking about rereading 1602. Oh wow. Uh, haven't committed to that yet, but I've been thinking about it. It's been Neil, on my mind. Neil Gaiman. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Uh. I. Yeah. So there's there's two different things going on there. There's the alt version, which is like uh, Squadron Supreme Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep, uh, yep. And then there's alternate 
direct Origin versions, alternate or, timeline. Yeah. There's right. Superman Secret Identity, which is my favorite one that I've read recently that I can think of. Kurt Busiek is just, it's Superman in basically our world where there's no other superheroes and there's but he's aware of there being it'd be like if somebody woke up right now and what became Superman. Um Gotham by Our Gaslight. World. Yeah, Gotham by Gaslight is good. Um, it's a lot. The, I mean, really, like I, I, I've rewatched it since it came out on streaming. But Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I mean, the Ultimate Spider Man, r- really? Yep, the whole is, Ultimate Universe. Yeah, yeah, and and of which only Ultimate Spider Man was really successful for the most part, uh, you except can, for the fact that the Ultimates basically became right, the movie yeah. version of the Avengers. I was about to say, uh, in a way, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is this thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's become what will happen is if they're too successful, they've then become laden in that continuity, uh, to begin with. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's one of the great things about comics. I mean, we're mostly talking about superheroes here, but how they, you know, can be other things. Batman is a wonderful example of that. How many different versions of that do we have in, in movies and animations and comics and, and what are those, those malleable, something iconic about that, character and that set of ideas around it that means you can put it into different forms and see what happens i think it's there was a super weird one that i read as a kid you know you talked about getting just like the stacks of comics as a kid you don't know where they come from and you end up reading them a thousand times because they're the only ones you have um there's one where i had one where superman uh dark side intercepts the ship and so he's raised on apocalypse Mm -hmm. and that one i read a lot but i don't know that it was particularly that good um, and then there's another one where Superman lands in the jungle and it's just the jungle book. If Mowgli was Kryptonian and it's bonkers, <laughs> like he kills Shere Khan with his bare hands and the, the, the Superman cape is Shere Khan's skinned hide. That's awesome. When and was that from? Luthor and I don't, I, I never been able to find this. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, did I hallucinate this as a child? Cause I've never found any evidence that it actually existed. That's pretty good. Well, I like that. Oh, that's, the nail. Did we nail was classic. Oh yeah, jeez, I forgot about that one. I mean, like to me Astro City that's what Astro City is. Yeah. Just a bunch of the Kurt music is excellent at this by the and way. Bla- and Black Black Hammer, which I think you are still not reading. Yeah. Uh, it's too big. You'll get much. you'll get you'll get right on it eventually. Yeah, but. I'll totally. I'll be right on it. Uh so there the, I there, there we had another question. I got I got to put it off. We got we got to finish this. More things to do. Um there, uh you, you want to tell us there's a lot of podcasts. You were on some of them and and uh uh, once you go sure was them. yeah so we got some uh we got some podcasts out now for your listening enjoyment uh shazam which uh, where's the bolt nothing happened okay moving on uh that's, that was a film that came out that was discussed by our friends here on the show hellboy that was also a film that came out that was uh discussed just by josh very so, briefly um, sorry about that dog so, issues I, I don't think you could have added anything to it and I don't, not not because of you just like a movie happened uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, the latest installment in the animated brain trust series of shows where yet again, I seem, I feel even when they assure me I'm not, I feel like I'm at odds with my co-hosts because, uh, they like a thing different than the way I like a thing and we have to fight about it. Um, <laughs> Avengers Endgame is the show I imagine will be either just below or just above this it, one in your will, podcast feed. It will have come out before you listen to this, even though at the time we were saying this, it does not exist. Wow, that's meta. Uh-huh. Is that meta? I don't know. It's I, quantum. Meta doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> I think it's quantum. I think yeah. we can say that for sure. Meta's uh, but, like meme. It's not a real word anymore. 
<laughs> I know what meme means. We're not getting into it right now. Exactly. Uh, coming soon, Joshua, do you have anything for us? Yeah, there is a talk explode that I had the creator interview podcast that I had due for you here in April. Um, and I had it this week. It was ready to go, but it turns out that my subject became ill and was unable to speak literally. At the time we were supposed to do it. So we're going to do it next week. Uh, so it might be a little bit late, but uh, that's coming your way. Uh, now your subject was a dog for the 28 minutes that the interview was supposed to happen. That, I mean, it's possible. He could have lied to me. He could have known that was going to happen. That would render them unable to speak. Well, he, if he, he but he can choose his timing. Yeah. Okay. So he was like, I got a hot pooch date tonight, so I can't make it. <laughs> Relating the tramp. Yeah. Uh, well, so should, uh, look for that next week uh, is what I'm saying. And look for it. At ifanboy.com, which is where you can find all of the podcasts that exist from the entire archive of this show, which is not insignificant. <laughs> find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy and following ifanboy on Twitter, as well as the newly uh, founded, newly started ifanboy comics on Instagram, which is where the best of the week panels feature has uh, experienced a rebirth, a triumphant return. Uh, you can also follow us individually, J.A. Flanagan, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Helped on Twitter and at Ryan Helped on Instagram. And Connor is at C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. This show is driven primarily by how much you like us. So cool. why don't you tell the machines like of podcast distribution how much you like us in the form of ratings and reviews? Or, or better yet, if you've already done that, pick another show uh, that you really like. Uh, pick, pick, some, pick some great show, some show someone maybe has never heard of. Um, and tell them about it, or or just or just share that information. Hey, I, I dug this. I do dig this. Thanks for this. I you know, like I, I've said every, not every day, but almost every day, I will see somebody ask, Hey, what's a good comic book uh, podcast to listen to? And people will just, Oh, you got to listen to iFanboy, and then they'll usually uh, mention some others uh, as well. So that that's the way to do it. We appreciate those of you who do, and thank you very much. Okay, let's let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Thank you for joining me. It was. Uh, it's much less work to have somebody to talk to. Team effort. Mm-hmm. Here to help. I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> We're all